0: THE ANGRY TENOR Hello, I'm your host, John Sayers, and I am the Angry Tenor. Just a reminder... The Angry Tenor goes live every Monday evening at 7 p.m. That's every Monday evening, 7 p.m. New episodes of The Angry Tenor. And don't forget, The Angry Tenor talks climate change every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Well, in the luck of the Irish to y'all, Well, of course, this is St. Paddy's Day week, and uh, we're gonna have a little bit of look at Irish music, and particularly at St. Paddy's Day to start with. In the 17th century, all the way back then, they had a religious celebration known as St. Paddy Day to celebrate the life of St. Patrick and the arrival of Christianity in Ireland. Now, it was a feast day, and was held on March 17th as that was believed to be the day that St. Patrick died. Well Irish immigrants to America brought the tradition with them and as more Irish came across the Atlantic the celebration slowly grew in popularity. In fact the first ever St. Patrick's Day parade was held in Boston in 1737. Now if you're wondering why you wear green on St. Patrick's Day and of course we're all wondering why are we wearing green, well it goes back to the Irish Rebellion when the Irish soldiers wore green as they fought off the British in their trademark red. Until then, the color associated with St. Patrick and Feast Day was actually blue. All Alright, let's get to the drinking part originally this was a feast day and the lent restrictions on eating and drinking were for the day lifted it was a day to eat and drink and the primary food was traditionally bacon and cabbage but drinking was really not part of the deal in fact pubs in ireland were forced to shut down for the day until late in the 20th century drinking of alcohol was frowned upon until the late 1970s. Well, what happened then? See, I lived in the 60s and 70s, and do not remember St. Patrick's Day as anything special. Well, let me tell you, a huge marketing push from Budweiser in the 1980s convinced thirsty revelers that drinking beer and St. Patrick's Day were one and the same, and the rest as they say, is history. Pretty soon beer was green, and in Chicago they even turned the river green. Well, that's enough talk about the origins of uh, St. Paddy's Day. Let's hear some authentic Irish pub music from the Four Winds as they play in a pub the flags of Dublin. They consist of an Irish bagpipe, drum, guitar, and concertina. Pub music was not the only Irish tradition. Irish folk music, especially vocal and choral music, is at the heart, along with the harp and violin, of Irish music. Choral music has been practiced in Ireland for centuries, initially at the larger churches such as Christ Church Cathedral, St. Patrick's Cathedral, as well as the University of Dublin Choral Society. Music from the 18th century in Ireland was composed in the Convention of Aisling Poetry, meaning a dramatic description or representation of a vision. Mogili Meyar, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, was written by Sean Clarke Macdonald The song is a lament by the Gaelic goddess Eerie for Bonnie Prince Charlie, who was in an exile. Here are the choral scholars at the University of Dublin with Mogiele Meyar.
1: See you. Chim all again.
0: Evidence of music in Ireland dates back to 500 BC and is thought to be of Egyptian descent. At least, they think that's where the harp originated. The music as such is not that which was written down, but rather learned and shared amongst clans and villages, much like the Irish art of storytelling. It was something to be experienced rather than just merely heard, a sentiment that is still very much thriving. In the Irish pubs and music venues of today. The first record of written music in Ireland isn't until 1724 when John and William Neal published a compilation of 49 pieces called a collection of the most celebrated Irish tunes. Ireland's music language and culture was stifled during the British colonization as they attempted to anglicize the Irish. Much was lost, and many Irish left as a result, but because of the displacement of the Irish population, Irish heritage was carried around the world. The oral tradition and Irish sociability began to spark a rather extraordinary revival. While Irish music has become more mainstream, the chieftains, for example, who are credited with sharing Ireland's music to a worldwide audience. The traditions on which it has been founded have not been lost. Far from it. There are countless bars and venues in Ireland which play live folk music, invoking that sense of belonging, warmth, and above all, the love of a good party. So we know that once a tin whistle is pulled out of the handbag, it's going to end with a good night. Here from Dolan's Pub in Limerick Island, a typical evening, We hear a group playing concertina, tin whistle, guitar, and violin. I hope you enjoyed a little taste of Ireland, and I hope you have a very nice St. Patrick's Day. And you know, if you can't stay away from the green beer, at least stay away from Budweiser. And that's our show for today. I would like to receive comments, so if you have a comment on this show or any other show, please send it to heldentenore at att.net. That's heldentenore. At att.net. Just a reminder Angry Tenor talks climate change every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. That's the Angry Tenor and Climate Change, 7 p.m. every Thursday. So, I'm John Sayers, and I am The Angry Tenor.
2: I'm a pet of Io, am not be able to do